0: Um, If you need a Bible, can you raise your hand? We have ushers that can come up the aisle and hand them to you, and you're definitely going to need them today if you want to follow along because we are going old school, no slides. So do you guys think you can hang with me? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Raise your hands. So uh, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Missio Dei, which is the mission of God. This kicked off on Easter. Anybody here on Easter hearing Nate preach? Woo, that was awesome, right? I'm going to follow that. So, um, so it's the mission of God and uh, how we are invited into the mission of God as believers. And nothing epitomizes that invitation into the mission of God Quite like the Great Commission, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. You can go ahead and open your Bibles now to Matthew 28. We're going to jump right in. We're going to uh, join in 28:16. And just to give you some context around this, uh, Jesus has died, He is in, He was in the tomb, and now he is risen. The three women go to the tomb. They want to see him. And they are instead met with an angel who appears like lightning sitting on top of a rolled away stone right after a violent earthquake. And he tells them, he is not here. He is risen. Go tell the disciples to meet him in Galilee and that he is alive. So now we have the disciples who are meeting with Jesus in Galilee, we jump in in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. "'Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit,' Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Have any of you gone on a road trip? Road trip, road trip. Yeah, uh, I've gone on a few. Um, some have been successful, some not so much. One time, my sister and I, we just decided we were going to go to a state park on the coast. And I had a puppy at the time. Ta- he was just a puppy at the time. I still have him, but he was a puppy at the time. And I wanted to see him running on the beach. I just thought, oh, this will be so cute. So, uh, so we load up in the car and we start driving. And I'm driving, and I look to her, and I'm like, okay, so uh, where do I go now? And she was like, oh. Uh, I, I, th- I thought you knew. I'm like, no, I didn't. I don't have my GPS out, I don't know how to, I've never been there. You're the one who told me we should go here. And she's like, ah, okay. So Siri to the rescue, she's like trying to find, okay, where are we going? We're going in the wrong direction. We have to turn around. So we get to the park. The parking situation's out of control. Come on, state of California, let's get this worked out. So we get there. Like, is putting a parking garage in at a state park? Is that like sacrilegious? Can we not do that? Anyway, so we pull in and we finally find parking. We've been looking for hours. Get our stuff out. We got our—you know what it's like. You got your bags and your all that stuff, and uh, got the dog. And as we're walking out. Uh, The first person that we encounter says, there's no dogs allowed here. I'm like, what is going on? We just did not have a plan in place, and it did not make for the best journey. Well, um, today, when we go, when we're commissioned by God to go, we have some questions, right, about this trip. Where are we going? How are we getting there? Under what power? Are we going to take a car? Are we going to take a train? Are we going to take a plane? How are we getting there? And again where do we go and what do we do once we get there do we have a plan if you're going to disneyland a lot of people make out a very detailed itinerary this happens like okay we're going to get there super early we're going to ditch the stroller here and then we're going to run to this ride we're going to get a fast pass we're not going on it yet and then we're going to run over like it's amazing to me the amount of planning that goes into these trips So uh, we want to know what we're doing when we get there, and we want to know what are the obstacles that could stop the journey, right? So as we study the Great Commission, I want us to be able to build a map that's going to help us have the joy in the journey as we go and share the Great Commission. Are you in this with me? If you notice the notes that you have, it's blank. That's so you can draw a map. I did that on purpose. It wasn't because my computer exploded and I wasn't able to get you notes. So, <clears throat> so if I was going to get you notes, I would say what we're talking about is uh, what mode do we get there, where do we go, what do we do when we get there, and what obstacles could stop the journey. So if we're recapping Matthew, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. So what does Jesus mean by go? Go. Mm, okay, so get out your pens. Now you have lots of space uh, in your notes. Um, go means go. <laughs> go means go. Hashtag go means go, okay? Um, so in the original Greek, the word is. Ahi. That means go. <laughs> so go means go. And when Jesus is saying go, he means go to the other room, to your neighbors, in your city in your state, in your nation, in the world, go. I am sending you, go. This is really important, and it might sound funny, but just don't be deceived. It costs something to go. And if it isn't costing you something to get to where you need to go, then you need to evaluate, what is the cost of the gospel in my life? It costs you something to go, and that's on purpose. Because we mirror Jesus in the going. The very going, Jesus went. God so loved the world that he sent. Everybody with me. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. God sent his son. Jesus was on a mission. God said, go, and he went. And this is because there's power in our presence. There's power in our presence. When I'm on Skype, I'm Skyping with people several times a week. Uh, The work that I do, we have projects in Cambodia. So I'm on Skype with people, and I often find myself, even after an hour-long conversation, catching up and doing work with people saying, I miss you. I'm talking to them, I'm looking at them. We can see, oh, cute shirt, oh, what have you been up to? We're all catching up, but I miss you because there's power in your presence when you go somewhere. We're told to go, and then the next word is therefore. Go, therefore. Therefore means he said something before that we need to pay attention to, right? So what did he say? Verse 16, all authority in heaven and earth, has been given to me. Go, therefore. On our journey, what powers us, the gasoline that gets us there, is the authority and the power of Jesus. He is the one who has sent us. He is the one who commands, and it's because of his resurrection power. So that first question, what gets us from here to there, it's the very power of Jesus. Uh, another scripture I want to share, John 20, 21. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that scripture. It gives me the chills every time I read it, thinking about the actual breath of Jesus. Him exhaling and me inhaling the Holy Spirit, empowering me through his authority to go. Whoo! I want that, Jesus. And we don't go out of guilt. We don't go out of fear. We don't go because we have to tick boxes. We don't have to put notches on our Bible. We don't have to do any of that. We go out of love and we're powered by the authority of Jesus. Whoo! I got an evangelical friend here on the front row. Thank you, girlfriends. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> we go in loving authority. So in planning this journey, we go in the power of his Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus. And the next question is: where are we going? Where are we going, guys? The the one-word answer is everywhere. Everywhere. Online. In person. Wait, we can't really go to North Korea. No, actually done. Anyone watching the news? Anybody? There's changes happening. What about Cuba? Done. Bibles in Cuba, handing, handing out thousands and thousands of Bibles going in Cuba. What about brothels? Yes. My, my ministry has a church that is built in an old brothel. Woo! Woo! That's happening. The gospel is going forward. What about prisons? You guys know Clay? He's bringing the gospel to prisons. What about Hollywood? It's happening. Justin Bieber preaching the gospel. He's out there. So Jesus is moving. There is nowhere that the spirit of God isn't allowed. His gospel is going forth. I've heard stories. I read a book about a woman who she was in an unreached people group in Asia and she was she didn't know what she was doing she hungered in her soul for truth she didn't know what to say what to do who she was talking to she just kind of said it in her heart i want to know why i'm here and what truth is that night jesus himself appeared to her in a dream and said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Who said those words to her in a dream? It changed her life. She preached to thousands after that. There's nowhere the gospel cannot go. It goes everywhere. Nothing can hold it back Praise God. So we go in the power and the, of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Jesus Christ, and we go everywhere. And once we arrive, that's when the fun starts. <laughs> Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples. In Mark 16, uh, another account of the Great Commission, Jesus tells the disciples, go into all the worlds and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation If we're only going and we aren't saying anything, it's just a vacation. And you would probably choose some other destinations if you could. So if we only go and we don't preach and proclaim, we're wasting the going. I know some of you are wondering, well, what about that scripture that says, uh, preach the gospel and at all, I'm sorry, let me say it again. Preach the gospel at all times And if necessary, use words. That's a really good one. That is in second, not in the Bible. That is not in the Bible. It's not in here. That's a paraphrase of St. Francis of Assisi, who's an awesome father of the faith. Um, But we're misappropriating what he's saying if we think he's giving us an excuse to keep our mouths closed. What he's saying is that your life should sweat the gospel. When you're cleaning, when you're moving, in him you live and move and have your being, it should be the gospel. It should go and be every part of what you're doing. But do not forsake the proclamation. Proclaim the gospel. Speak it. So let's look at actual scripture. What does it say? Revelation 12.10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Our presence has power, but it's our words that win wars. Our words, our proclamation is what brings the gospel. And if you think it cost you something to go, that's nothing compared to what it costs you to share the word of your testimony. When I was five years old, I met Jesus and just fell in love. I had real encounters with Jesus as a little kid. That's why what Julie does upstairs is so incredible. I mean, your children... They are meeting with Jesus. They're having encounters with Jesus. So I loved Jesus. And at some point, a lie crept in where I feared people more than I feared God. And that developed to a point where I had such self-hatred over my life that self-harm, eating disorders, they were a regular part of my life. I remember one day in high school, I had been in the bathroom. I was washing off my face, looking in the mirror. And I could hear God speaking to my heart. And he said, you're killing my girl. I realized in that moment that I believed in Jesus. But I didn't believe Jesus. What he said. And I was making a mockery of every word he had spoken over me the sacrifice that he had made for my rescue, for my restoration and my freedom. I was abandoning those because I believed people over what God had said. This costs me something, and I want to share it with you because the word of my testimony can throw down the accuser in your life. The proclamation of the gospel it will cost something to go, and it will cost something to say. And this means so much more to me than memorizing scripts. And God can use pamphlets, and God can use rainbow bracelets, and God can use everything. But if I'm gonna share the deepest part of my life and my afterlife, (laughs) I wanna connect with somebody. I want to connect with somebody. I want to look them in the eyes and know that this is is the best love I can show you in this moment. That's what I want to do. So we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of Jesus. We go everywhere. We proclaim the gospel. We share the word of our testimony. And if you're wondering, what do I say? How do I share Uh, we share the word of our testimony, and I want to bring this back to Nate's sermon on Easter. I referenced it already. It was incredible. Um, Do we remember? Does anyone remember what it was called? Anybody? Ooh, test. Nobody. It's called, yeah, what? Do you remember? (laughs) Gawain's like, don't look at me. Um, uh, It was called Everyone Has a Story. And, yeah, right? It was incredible. Um, everyone has a story. And his message was about how some people are living the success story, and they want everything to go up and to the right, right? Things have to get better and bigger and more money. And this applies to athletes and business people, but they just want to have success. he He mentioned about ten of them. I'll just give a few. One of them was the nation story. So, That was the success story, but housed in your team, or your people group, or your country, or whatever it is. It's, you want success, but you want it for your team, right? The other was the humanist story, and this is, we can achieve utopia if all of us realize the potential within ourselves. We just need to all realize it at once, otherwise we're sunk, right? So that's the humanist story. So he, he mentioned several of these stories, and uh, these, are peop- these are stories that people live because each of these stories has some truth. All right, This is a little bit of a nuanced thing I wanna to talk to you about, but we can do this together, I believe it. Um, every single one of these things, people don't live their lives around this story because they believe it's a lie. They're clinging to some truth in each of them, even if it's small, right? Paul understands this. Paul, if you're looking for evangelism skills, look at Paul. In Acts 17, he's in Greece, and he's speaking to the thinkers of the nation. And this is what he says in verse 22. "'Men of Athens, I see that in every way you're very religious. For as I walked around and examined your objects of worship,' I even found an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship as something unknown, I now proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples made of human hands. Skipping ahead, God intended that man would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Paul addressed the truth In their story, they were living the religious story. We're so afraid. We're so afraid. There's gods out there and we don't want to miss one. They're going to curse us. We got to sacrifice for them. What if we don't bring the food to a God and he dies? What if we don't worship a God and he curses us? They're so afraid. They're trying to live this religious life. And Paul saw the hunger in their human heart. And he addressed that small truth, untwisted it with the truth of the resurrection story, the truth of the gospel. We can do that. Paul said, I know this God. When the divining rod of the human soul stumbles on some water, it digs a well there. It might just be a drop. But we're so thirsty. We need truth to survive. So he comes and he doesn't look at the lies and he doesn't address, he doesn't say, you heathens. He says, you thirsty, I know living water. It's Jesus. In other words, when we proclaim the gospel, we can start from the truth we see, not the lies that we see. You with me? Okay. So we go in the authority of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. We go everywhere proclaiming the gospel and the word of our testimony. And what could keep us from this journey? What do you think? What could keep us from this journey? You can yell it out. Anything? Fear. Yeah. Self-doubt. I had fear... Um, I, I wrote down four, fear, apathy, just don't care, selfishness, too consumed with what you've got going on, right, and pride, oh, I don't want to mess up and look stupid, I'm, I, I want to be the right one. I've had each of these affect my going and my proclamation, but here's the good news. We can repent. We can start fresh. We can avail ourselves to the mission of God and allow the story of the resurrection to be ours and told through us. Let's pray. God, what have you done? This story of human history, it's incredible. I'm so thankful to have been created to just see your goodness. And I'm so thankful that the gospel has reached me. I'm so thankful that I get to live part as part of your body, the resurrection story of Jesus. Not some story that leads nowhere and leaves me thirsty, but the story of Jesus and his resurrection. And I pray, God, for me and all of my friends here, that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit, send us in the authority of Jesus, give us the love and the humility and the vulnerability to proclaim the gospel and the word of our testimony to see the hunger and the thirst and the truth people are clinging to throughout the world and to bring love and light and living water. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.